So go ahead, grab your seats, get your Bibles out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. You know, I don't know if you were here last week, but we had, we had some, a good time last week. We had some people get set free. And uh, what was, what's been stirring on my heart is just, you know, sometimes we walk into traps that the enemy sets just ignorantly, and we just walk right in there and it's just like, man, oops, <laughs> didn't, didn't see that, didn't know that was there. But how many know that, that, uh, that there are ways to prevent ourselves from falling into those traps? We can preemptively do things, and all of a sudden, oh, I see that hole right there. I get a picture of like the wily e. Coyote, you know, <laughs> setting traps for the Roadrunner. And uh, the Roadrunner, every single time, spoils his plans. And no matter how hard the, the coyote tries, he cannot seem to catch. And, and he ends up falling into his own traps over and over. Isn't that right? And, and that can be the life of the believer. If you remember what Jesus showed us, did he ever fall into an en the enemy's trap? Never. He, he, ne he never all of a sudden stumbled and was like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm right in the enemy's plan here. And no, every time that the enemy set up little traps for Jesus, he set up things for his life to be horrible. It was like, yep, all of a sudden Jesus just, you know, would walk through crowds. Jesus would speak to wind and waves and storms and take authority over them and everything would be fine. It was like everything that the devil threw at Jesus had no effect on him. Wasn't able to do anything to him. And, uh, and sometimes in our life, um, we're like, how did he do that? How in the world did Jesus overcome every obstacle thrown in, in front of him, in front of him? And uh, and there's there's you know you might think well that's Jesus of course like he's he's God right like yeah that's that's we can't expect the same results he did right actually he didn't just just do it because he's God he showed us and exampled it for us as a son of man if you remember he said over and over and over again. So I'm the son of man. The son of man does this. The son of man does that. He wasn't pointing to his deity being the reason he was doing what he was doing. He was pointing to his likeness with us and, and getting us to see that the way he does it, we can do it. And the example that he set, if we would follow, we'll have similar results. We'll have the same results. In fact, Jesus said, the works I do, you will do also, and greater works. That he didn't say because, hey, I'm, you know, I'm God and, and you're just people. No, he's like, this is, I'm doing this as a person just like you. I'm doing this as a human and I'm filled with the spirit. And the most, one of the most important aspects of it was he was submitted to God. He was submitted to God. You know, Jesus had sometimes a different will than God did, than his father. He had a different will. He, he, he had a certain desire to see things go a different way, yet in all ways, he submitted his own ideas, he submitted his own ways, and followed the plan of his father. 
Every single time, everything worked. Every single time, he accomplished what, the, what his father put him here to accomplish. And, it, and no matter how hard the devil tried, because he tried, over and over and over again, he tried to squash the plan of God through Jesus. If you, if you remember, it started early. It started early with, with King, was it King Herod, trying to kill all the babies and so that he could kill the Messiah. That plan didn't work out. Missed him. Every single time the enemy, and, and there was multiple times, you remember when Jesus gets baptized, the Spirit of God falls on Jesus, and then he's driven out into the wilderness to be tempted for, for 40 days, 40 nights. And, uh, and, and you remember what happens. The enemy comes to tempt Jesus, and in all ways he's tempted, and yet he doesn't sin, he doesn't give in. So the, the enemy will try to put traps in front of us. He'll try to, he'll try to do things to, to get us into a place where we're focused on the problem in front of us. We're focused on the trap. Many times Jesus looks at, looks at the trap and, and he's not even moved by it. He's not even swayed. He's not like, oh, guys, we have to do something about this. He's... He, most, of his, most of his reaction to, the, to what the en- enemy does is he, he, he's, he minimizes how, how effective it is, or he minimizes and he downplays what the enemy does. He's like, yeah, this, this, this is nothing. You don't have to worry about this. Watch, you just do this. And, and sometimes as Christians... And, and as the body of Christ, we think of the devil and we get all, oh no, the devil. And, and you know, you get a picture of how Hollywood pictures him with big horns and, you know, he's someone who's scary and, you know, you, you feel the presence of the devil. And what does that feel like? It's got to be like, so you're, you're just freaked out, right? That's actually not reality. The Bible talks about how when we, at, after this whole thing's wrapped up and we're seeing the devil for who he is, we're going to look at him and say, this is the worm. <laughs> this is the worm that caused all the, these problems. This, this is the one who caused nation to rise against nation. And see, the enemy is a defeated foe. He is toothless, that's why he goes about as a roaring lion. He's got a loud bark, but a really gentle bite. But the power that he has is the ability to persuade us contrary to the word of God. If you remember, Jesus talked about why the enemy comes. He comes to steal the word. He comes to steal the word. There's another place where he talks about he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But uh, he comes to steal the word. Why, why the word? What's the, what's the point of stealing the word? Well, the word of God is, is, uh, is necessary for faith because if you remember, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word. And so if we don't have the word, we lack faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we overcome all the fiery darts of the enemy by the shield of faith. The shield of faith is what's able to resist every fiery dart of the enemy. And so, so the enemy, he comes, and he, his plan, his purpose, is to get you sidetracked, to get you to fall into some uh, pit of despair, and to get you off of the plan of God. 
Most of the time, it's because you're being effective. Most of the time, it's because you're doing, all of a sudden, God's plans being revealed, and, and you're like, okay, here I go. And all of a sudden, there's resistance. All of a sudden, there's a fight. There's something there. What is that? How do we overcome that? What do we do with that? And so um, we're going to get in the word. Turn with me, if you would, to James, book of James. It's right after the book of Hebrews. That helps me find it because Hebrews is usually easy to find. It's a big book. James chapter 4 in verse 7. If you're there, say amen. Wow, look, you guys are fast. You guys are quick tonight. Verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So here we see the, really the formula, if you will, on resisting the devil, um, or, 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 or really how we get the devil to flee, which is we submit to God and we resist the devil. And, uh, and sometimes we think we just need to resist the devil. We hear the last part, resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist the devil and he'll flee. And there's many different ways you resist the devil, and it really depends on the way he's coming at you is the way determines the way you resist him. Jesus resisted the devil a few different ways. If you remember when, the, when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness, how do you resist the devil? He countered him with the word of God and said, no, thus saith the Lord, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every time the enemy came with some sort of temptation, Jesus met him with the word and was able to resist the devil. Now, there's other ways you resist the devil. What if he's trying to put some sickness on you or he's trying to put some depression on you? Well, it's similar in that you're going to use the word of God, but you're going to use it in a, in a more commanding way. You're going to use, also you're going to use the name of Jesus and you're going to take authority over what the enemy's doing. And, and the Bible says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so one of the ways he resisted the devil was through healing. And a lot of times that healing looked like he just spoke and stuff happened. He laid his hands on people and they were just changed. And so there's a few different ways you can resist the devil. It depends on the type of attack that he's hitting you with. But I want to focus on the first part for a minute on submitting to God. And sometimes we don't, we don't put the two and two together where, uh, where we think, man, there's this attack. And sometimes that's related to something that we're out of line with, something that the Lord's been uh, prompting in us to do or something that we're maybe even ignorant of or we just, man, I didn't know that the will of God was for me to do this, but I've been doing this the whole time and I've been going against the will of God. And what happens is the enemy has the ability to come in and we give access to the enemy in our life by being out of submission to God. And, and sometimes, you know, there's... There's, uh, there's circles and, and, and there's um, Christians who believe, you know, a lot of the bad things that happen to you, things that, that, you know, enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, those types of things that are happening to you, it's because of you've disobeyed God so God might be causing them. We know that's not right because of what Jesus said where he said he came to give life, 
that life more abundantly. But there is, the, there is the fact that if we're out of submission to God and we're doing something contrary to him, contrary to his will, contrary to his precepts, if we're doing something that looks different than heaven, then, then there is the ability for some things to be in our life that are not of God and they're from the enemy. He, he gets access. It's not that God lifts his protection even. God really doesn't do anything different when we're outside of the will of God other than he's trying to help bring us back in. He's trying to get us, maybe that's people to speak a word in our life. Maybe that's, he's trying to lead us in, 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 a, in, a, in a prayer. He's trying to lead us in different ways. But his goal is to get you protected. And so he's not rejecting you. He's not pulling his his protection off of you. What we do is we crack the door open and we, we open the door a little bit and we say, okay, we're giving room for some sort of killing, destruction, some theft to come in because we're out of the will of God in some area of our life. And, and most people don't put those two things together. Most people think, uh, I, I deserve, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've seen this where, where you're, you've made some mistake, you made some decision, you stepped out and you cussed someone out, or you, you know, gave someone a, a number one on the road, or, <laughs> or you did something that you know you shouldn't, you blew it, and all of a sudden, sudden Man, there's like a headache. I got like this headache all of a sudden. And you, and you instantly think, oh, it's because of what, what I just did. Or it's, and, and a lot of times we relate to things that way and we say, man, oops, I, I messed up and there's some sort of repercussion. It's good for us to know that that's not coming from God, first of all. That's not some judgment that's coming down from the Lord. Because if it is, then we better take it. <laughs> Right? And, and we know that it's not because it, it goes against the very nature of God. Jesus never did that to anybody. Remember the woman who got caught in the act of adultery? Oh, now you're going to have cancer. You're going to have cancer because you were caught in the act of adultery. You sinned, therefore, here's this problem that you get. That's not, that's not who Jesus showed us who the Father is. Jesus showed us that the Father desires mercy. He desires to show us mercy. He's a merciful God towards us. But yet, why do some things happen? Why is there some, like, apparently consequence to living outside of the will of God or doing something contrary to what the Lord's directed us to do? Well, that's because there's an enemy. And, and the, uh, turn with me real quick to uh, Romans I expect you all to beat me there now. <laughs> you don't even know a chapter. Six. Romans <laughs> six. <laughs> Marty there. <laughs> chapter six, verse 15. Not even going to ask. We're just going to start. It says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? 
It's a common question in today's circles and, and in Christianity today. Paul answers that. He, di- he answers that directly. He says, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's uh, slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Now, if you notice the word, if you, if you have a Bible like mine, New King, New King James, You'll notice that the two words here, leading, are italicized. If you didn't know, that means they added that word. That's not in the original text. That's something that they added to try to help give understanding to the text. I actually don't think it helps. I think it actually is is something that that totally throws the, the meaning of it off. It's not that it's not true. It's just not the point Paul's trying to make here. It's not sin that's leading uh, to death. But he's talking about this sin, being obedient to that, makes you a slave to death. And obedience makes you a slave to righteousness. That's what Paul's trying to convey. And we, and we can read on, and you can see it see here. It says, um, verse 17, but be thanked, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that from that, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Hallelujah. Everyone say, I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm a slave of righteousness. Come on, if you're born again, if you did what Paul did in verse uh, 17, where he says, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. That's, a, that's just a long way of saying you submitted yourselves to Christ and you receive salvation. You got delivered. I think it's interesting that he calls it a doctrine. It's the doctrine of what? Salvation. You submitted yourselves to that. Because you submitted yourselves to that, you've been delivered, and you're no longer a slave to sin. You've now become a slave to righteousness. Come on, that's awesome. We're we're not sitting here you know, just, oh man, it's so difficult to live for the Lord. It's so difficult to try to do things and, and, and overcome different temptations in life. That's not true for the, those who know who they are in the Lord. That's not true for those who've become and identify with who God says they are, which is, I'm a slave to righteousness, right? You ever heard of someone being a slave to the beat? <laughs> Some of y'all that in worship, right? <laughs> I'm a, just can't stop moving when they hear, the, hear that beat. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but <laughs> I got Pastor Mickey laughing. That's, <laughs> that came from the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> but as believers, we're not slaves to sin. We're slaves to righteousness. And Paul's saying here that you're a slave unto whom you obey, which means you're actually making um, the, your master, whoever, whoever you're obeying is the master of your life. Remember Jesus, he said this, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? He's saying those two things can't be in existence at the same time. You can't call me Lord, Lord, and then just do whatever you want to do. You have to do actually what I want to do if I'm really your Lord. And the enemy, what's he looking for? He's looking for followers. He's looking for those who would call him Lord, Lord. And maybe we as believers aren't like, 
Now, I would never call the devil Lord. I would never say that Satan is, is my, my Lord and he's the one that I submit to. Yet when we're not submitted to God, we're automatically submitted to him. In the areas of our life where he's not the one making the decisions, where he's not the one who has the ability to speak to us and, and get us to change, get us to move, those areas we actually have been, we've made uh, death the Lord in that area of our life. We've made it. Why? Because we've submitted to it. We've done, we've submitted to that by obedience to it. And, and, and you guys remember, oh, well, turn, turn there as well. Uh, John chapter five. <laughs> Submit yourself to the Lord there and tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hallelujah. John chapter five. If you guys know the story here, right at the beginning of the chapter, it's talking about the guy who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. Um, he, was, he was paralyzed and he was, Jesus walks up to him and uh, he says, do you want to be made well? And the guy basically says, well, there's no one here to put me in the pool when the water's stirred. And so Jesus just says to him, well, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Immediately the man was made well. We're in verse nine, by the way. And, uh, John 5, 9. Immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, it's interesting if you jump down to verse 14. It says afterward, this is after a while after this hap had happened. Jesus found this man in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. That's interesting to me that, that Jesus gave him instructions on how to proceed, and his instructions were the same thing, which was submit yourself to God. When he's saying sin no more, is he, um, is he telling him something that he can't do? Is Jesus giving a command to him that he cannot accomplish? No. No, and you, you, you might say, well, how in the world is someone just not supposed to sin? I know that there's, there's, uh, there's doctrines out there in the, in the body of Christ today that say we're just slaves to sin, that basically we can't stop ourselves. It's just the nature of the fallen, uh, fallen world that we live in, that we're just stuck in a circle of, of making mistakes and nobody's perfect. And, and how many know that that... that my, that doctrine comes from just experience, but it doesn't come from the word. It doesn't come from anything God said. There's no scriptures in here that say, okay, you're just gonna keep repeating these problems your whole life, and you're gonna keep living in the cycle of sin, and I need to repent, and no, I don't think that's possible. I don't, I don't think that's what, what God's plan is for us. His plan is that we would overcome his plan is that by the grace of God, that the chains of sin would fall off of us. That we would not be in bondage to them anymore, but we would be free, free as a slave of righteousness. Doing those things that we want to do, that we like to do, which is those things that please the Lord. And, and I, 
I, I just know that the Lord, he is pleased when we take, the, when we take up this uh, mindset that says, Lord, when you said this, when you spoke this, when you said I'm this way, when you said my identity should be this now, when you said I'm a slave to righteousness, when you said in your word that, that uh, I've become the righteousness of Christ in Jesus, when you said those things, I believe it. I believe it. Did you know that's what submitting to God is? That's what submitting to God is. Submitting to God is taking what God has said and receiving that as just truth and saying what I thought before was wrong. Apparently I was wrong because here's what God has said. And because this is what he said, I'm going to receive it as truth and therefore I'm going to act on it. That in and of itself is the simplest form of what submission to God looks like. That's faith, is it not? Isn't that what Paul was talking about in, uh, in Romans when he said you received uh, the doctrine and, and you obeyed it in your heart? Obedience is really a form of faith. Obedience is just a form of faith. It's just saying God said this, so therefore I believe it. You know, when, when, uh, when the enemy comes, he's going to come at you and, and he's going to present some circumstance or he's going to try to do something that violates the word of God. He's a criminal, which means he goes against the law. The law says, I'm healed. The law says, I'm a slave to righteousness. The law says, I've been delivered from all, all things regarding uh, darkness, which would include poverty, which would include depression, mental illness. It, it includes everything that you don't see in heaven. And that's what the law states. Jesus himself, he bought all of these promises. He bought all of these uh, these really realities that we get now in this, in this new life with him, he purchased them all. And you say, well, how come, I'm not see how come there's something in my life that I'm not seeing? How come there's some promise that I see in the word where he says I'm a slave to righteousness, but yet I've been dealing with this and I've been stuck in this pattern where I can't seem to get out? Why, do, why is there this, this discrepancy? And, he, and, and here's, the, here's the issue. We haven't fully submitted to God in this area. And I don't mean that means we haven't tried our hardest to by willpower overcome this. That's not what submitting to God is. Submitting to God is saying, okay, I understand my circumstance, my present condition isn't exactly what I see written in the promises of God, but yet I'm gonna be moved by the promise I'm going to receive this and, uh, and I'm going to go from this being truth, my circumstance, to his promise being truth. When his promise is truth, this, I'm going to ignore this. This, this is a lie. You say, well, aren't the things of the natural, aren't they real? They're real, but they're subject to the word of God. And when I 
When I, in my mind I, and in my heart, I demote the, itch, the situation and the issue and I make it less priority and I make it and I esteem it less and I esteem his promises higher and I esteem his word higher and I say this is the reality that I live in now. This is the promises of God that he promised to me. This is what Jesus bought for me. All of a sudden, you're going to start seeing the situations and the circumstances. Those things are going to begin to change. Those, those traps that you see the enemy try to throw you into, those things will, you will see change. You will see an ability to overcome. You know, Jesus was hungry when he was tempted with turning, turning uh, the rock into bread. 40 days without eating, I'd be starving. I'm sure Jesus was thinking about it. I'm sure it wasn't just like, it was just like, oh, I'm not even going to give that a second thought. No, I'm sure he was, it was a real temptation. Russ, it wouldn't have been called a temptation if it wasn't. And I'm sure that he looked at, remember when Satan showed him showed him the whole earth, and, and Satan said, this whole, this whole kingdom, this whole place, if you bow your knee to me, if you bow your knee to me and worship me, I'm gonna, I can give you all of this. You know, if, if Jesus would have done that, I believe that, I believe he could have got, got all of the earth that way, and, and things would have been Horrible. If it wasn't possible, then it's not a temptation. It really was a possibility that Jesus could have gave in. He could have submitted himself to the enemy rather than to the Lord. See, temptations in our life, they're real. There's there's times where the enemy comes on and, and it's strong. And it's like, man, what is going on? Why why is it like I can't get my mind off of this? And it's like, you've been down that same pattern before again and again and again and again, and you know what the triggers are, and you know what, the, what, what, what it feels like to just be like, yeah, but it's probably gonna just happen like it always happens. We've been given great and mighty weapons of our warfare, and they are not carnal but they are mighty in God for bringing down strongholds. And the strongholds that we've been stuck in, the strongholds that the enemy has had, where he's been just repeatedly putting you into a place of just temptation and a cycle of feeling like, man, I, how, can I, how can I get out of this? And it's just like, maybe it's been years. I know, I know people that have been struggling with the same thing for decades. Those are strongholds. And the weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. I'm quoting Ephesians chapter 6. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for bringing down those strongholds. Where we don't have to be subject to, we don't have to be a slave to, we don't have to submit our lives to death anymore. We've been made slaves of righteousness. We've come into a new life where old things passed away and all things have become new. You're like, well, I got saved 10 years ago and I've been doing the same dumb thing since 10 years ago. 
All things have become new. That's a, the, the actual ten, tense of that is now. It's not a, it's not a it, could be, it came new 10 years ago. If it became new 10 years ago, it's old now. It's become new today. What, what's it? All things. All things concerning you. All things concerning your walk with the Lord. All things have become new. Bible says that his mercies are new every day. Every day his mercies are new. So you're not, you're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to repeat the same patterns that you've, you've, you've lived in. You're not a slave to the traps of the enemy where all of a sudden, man, it just seems like, you know, you know there's people that I talk to, it's like, man, as soon as something starts going good, it's like it just happens every time. Something starts going really good, and then boom. I just know. I'm just looking around the corner, and all of a sudden, something's going to happen. I just, I know that's the way it goes. It's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to overcome? Are you going to triumph this time? Because what's likely happening is there's this trial that, that, is, that the enemy knows, hey, when God starts working in your life, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and you're going to crumble and you're going to fold up like a, like a cheap suit. You're just going to fold up and fall apart. Or is it, no, no things are going to be different now. And, and why? How are things going to be different? If you will recognize, if you will adopt a mindset, if you will, if you will say, you know what? I know that I'm no longer a slave to that pattern. I've been, I, I've been made a slave to a new pattern of righteousness. I've been, slave, been put as a slave to a new way of doing things where I'm an overcomer. And what am I doing when I do that? I'm doing what Jesus did in the wilderness. I'm doing exactly what he did, where problem, temptation faced, word of God's the answer. Situation comes up, Pro, there, there's some attack on my life. There's some attack on, on someone that I know. There's some attack on a loved one. What's, what's my answer? I got the word of God. I have a promise from God. I have authority in the name of Jesus. I have, I have the spirit of God on the inside of me. And so when we, when we see the enemy coming in, which, which by the way, who cares? Like, he is puny. We got to stop thinking of the enemy as some, oh my gosh, it's just so bad. It's just so horrible. There's the, the enemy, he's just wrecking my life. That's like letting a toddler come in and ruin your day because he got angry at you or something. That's a toddler. You're going to just let this little, this little two-year-old ruin your day? Moms are like, it happens a lot. <laughs> Thank God both my kids are out of the toddler phase. <laughs> but really, the enemy, he's not someone to be feared. He's not someone to be respected. Jesus stripped him of everything that gave him any sort of respect or any sort of power, any sort of ability over our life. Jesus stripped it away. And the Bible says that he made an open mockery and an open showing of him. He got paraded around heaven and hell 
in his naked state of having no ability, of having no honor, of having no authority anymore. And he got shown for who he really is. Scum. He's powerless. And just a liar. You know, the, the enemy is some, somebody we look down upon. We look down upon him. The Bible talks about bruising his forehead with, with our heel. Think about where that puts him, under our feet. The enemy's under our feet. We don't have to be afraid of him. You might think, well, how, well, if you talk like that, well, maybe, maybe he's going to do something. Bring it. There is nothing to be afraid of with him. Come on. I've been serving the Lord since I was 21. That puts me 12 years now. If the, if the enemy could have done something by now, he would have done it. I've seen a lot of his tricks and a lot of his problems. Guess what? He's failed. He's a loser and a liar, and his tricks are overcomable. Sure, I've made mistakes. Sure, I've fell into some traps and been like, okay, I'm, I'm you know, still learning, and there's times where I didn't do things right, and, and the enemy you know, had a little bit, of a little bit of a stronghold here or there at some point. But overall, I mean, don't you think if the enemy could just do whatever he wanted to do, like he'd, he'd like take out Pastor Mark? <laughs> Yet, for some reason, Pastor Mark has a pretty much devil-free life. How does that happen? How is there not like constant attacks on him? It's, you, you prevent a lot of things by being submitted to God. When you're doing the will of God, when you're saying, I'm going to submit this area of my life to the Lord, it, it, it blocks off the enemy's ability. It closes the door on him. I think I've told this story before, but it fits, it fits the, the message. There, uh, a few years ago, um, somebody, somebody uh, came into the church. They were looking for help. They were dealing with um, some demonic oppression. And uh, it, the demonic oppression manifested itself as like um, some different sicknesses and disease in this, in this woman's body. And some of it was undiagnosed. Nobody knew what was going on with her. And she says, I know, it's, I know it's the devil. He comes to me sometimes in the night, and these demons come to me, and they torment me. And, I, and, that, and, it's, and it, that's real. Some people are stuck in that. And, uh, and so, so basically what ends up happening is I say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, let's, let's, I'll meet with you. And this person said, you know, I met with someone else uh, two nights ago. They prayed for me. I got set free of it. And the next day, it came back. And it's just as bad, if not worse, as what it was before. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, I could pray for you, and I'm going to get the same result, but what's going to happen tomorrow? And so I said, well, a lot of times this, this type of thing happens because there's some, some door open that we've left open. You know, remember what Jesus said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And sometimes there's this door open, and we just need to say, Lord, what's the, what's the open door? We need, we need some wisdom. We need some understanding of the situation. And so I prayed, I said, well, let's just ask God, and he's gonna, he'll tell us what the problem is, and, and then you'll be set free. And she goes, okay. 
So I remember just asking the Lord, saying, Lord, thank you for helping us. Lord, help us see what's going on here. And as soon as I prayed it, it was instantly, and, and I didn't know who this woman was. I didn't know her situation whatsoever. And instantly the Lord said, uh, I heard the word marriage. And I just said, well, how's your marriage? Right after I got done praying that. She looks at me and she like, look, and I don't know, I didn't know she was married at the time. I had no idea. She looks at me and she goes, uh, it's not good. It's not good right now. I said, well, what's going on? She goes, we're separated. Uh, and we've been living in the same house, but we're completely, we haven't talked in seven days. And it's, it's not a good situation. I'm planning on leaving him. And I said, well, the first word that came up was marriage when I, we said, Lord, when I said, Lord, what's, what's going on? Help us. And she goes, well, I don't know what to do. I, my marriage is so bad, I, I don't understand. And I said, well, apparently there's some open door to the enemy with the way you're doing something in, in your marriage. And, uh, and the, the word I got was, you don't have to do everything right in your marriage, but there needs, to be a, there needs to be a shift of your heart towards your husband. And she goes, I can't do that. You don't understand what he's done to me. You don't understand the problems that he's caused in our family. Talking about having, having an addiction to drugs and things that are real problems. She had real reason to be upset, real reason to have a heart that was hard towards her husband. There were some real issues. And I just said, listen, I can pray for you. You're gonna get set free. It's gonna be awesome for a day. <laughs> but it's gonna come back unless, there, unless there's this door that's closed. And she goes, well, just pray for me. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. I mean, I, I will. I'll get, I'll get you free now. And, and I pray for her. She gets totally, she, all, of, all of the pain that she was experiencing goes away. She's like, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> we just stuck a Band-Aid on this problem. That's all we did. But hallelujah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and she, she leaves and uh, and it was, and I, I don't hear for her, from her for a long time. I think it was about a year later. I ended up getting an email from her, and she says, hey, I'm still having problems. <laughs> I'm still having problems, and I'm dealing with this, this thing in my body, and, it's, it's, and I'm being attacked by the devil. And I, and I just replied in the email, well, do you remember the last thing I told you? And she goes, no, I have no idea. And I said, I said, well, do you remember the word about your marriage and how, how you need to do something there? To, something needs to sh change. A heart shift needs to take place. And then, and then the actual door will be shut. And it was like a day later I get a reply. Was, you know, she was replying really fast. And she goes, okay, I'd like to meet. And so she comes in and we meet and, I, and, uh, and I'm talking about her marriage and it's gotten worse over a year still together, not, not fully separated, uh, and, but it's gotten worse. And I said, well, I know this. You know what happened a year ago. You can get healed. You'll get free of the problem right today. But it's only gonna, it's only gonna last temporary until you, until you have this heart change. The Lord's not asking for perfection. He's not asking for you to just make sure you do everything right and you never make a mistake. But... It does require a shift of heart towards your, towards your husband. And I said, you know, he's, he's someone Jesus died for. He's someone that the Lord loves desperately. 
even though he's made a bunch of mistakes, even though he's done things that are not, not okay. We're not justifying what he's done. Not saying that all the problems that he's created are okay, but we're going to release him from, from, from the bitterness of it. We're going to release him and forgive him. And I, I think it was about an hour I was talking with her and trying to convince her to, to, to make the change. And it was like beating a, a dead horse for a while. But eventually she's like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm ready. And I said, well, you don't need me to do this. You just pray to, pray to the Lord. You make the heart change before him now and watch, things will, things will change immediately. And she started praying on her own in this room. And I'm telling you, the glory of God filled the room so strong. And she started praying for her husband and, and re truly repenting and saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've treated your son. I'm sorry for the way that I've looked towards my husband. And, and you know what happened? By the end of it, I'm crying. Like, and I'm not a crier. <laughs> I don't cry. I don't know why I don't cry very often, but I don't. But it was so powerful. It was like the presence of God filled that room. It saturated that room. And you could tell something completely changed. And, and without me laying hands on her, without me commanding the devil off of her, without her commanding the devil off of her, she was instantly healed. She was instantly set free of it. It was like the chains and the door to the, to the enemy were completely shut, were completely chopped off. And she, she went out, I heard, I heard a testimony where she was, later she was praying for her husband. Her husband eventually got, uh, went into rehab, got clean. Like, they started a new life together, and, and I've never heard of one problem from her since. And like, she started loving him through his problems and seeing him as the child of God that he is. And all of a sudden, he changed. It affected him. And it's, a, it's an amazing testimony. And, and as far as I know, they're still together today. I haven't heard from, from her in a while, but I, know that I think they moved out of state. But man, got through, went through rehab, was, is clean, uh, marriage restored, body healed. But I mean, it's like, well, why is her body affected by her marriage? Well, anytime we're out of submission to the Lord, anytime our lives are completely opposite of what the plan of God is, we're going we're gonna to run into some serious problems with the enemy. And he's going to have the ability to speak into our lives. He's going to have the ability to, do, to cause some, some problems. And we're going to be like, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why this keeps happening. I can't understand why I can't get free of this. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's not try to do everything perfect, but let's have a heart that says, Lord, let your will be done, not my will. Amen. Father, Amen. I want to do it your way. I need, maybe, some, maybe I need help understanding and seeing what that will is, but I want to do it your way. And when, I, when you'll do it that way, when you'll make the heart change, when, which, is, which is really called what repentance really is, when you'll repent, man, it shuts down the enemy. That stronghold gets completely locked down. And all of a sudden, the, the ability of God, what he wanted to do all along, he now has access to do it. You've now made him the Lord of your life in that area. And because he's the Lord of your life in that area, he can get all the promises that he's given you in that area. And all of a sudden, freedom comes. All of a sudden, 
Jesus, when he talked about the life and the life more abundantly, all of a sudden that starts showing up. And see, true freedom is not doing whatever you want to do. True freedom is doing the will of God. And when you're submitted to that will, and when you say, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done, that's where you start seeing everything good come, come into play. That's when you start seeing what God wants to happen is going to start happening in your life, which, by the way, is extremely good. It's good. One thing that helps me be submitted to the Lord is, is a sure understanding that everything inside of his will is good. I'm not going to be submitted to God and then my life turns out horrible. I'm not going to say, Lord, okay, I'm going to change my heart towards my husband. And then all of a sudden, by me looking at him different, by me talking to him different, I'm, I don't have a husband. I'm, <laughs> I'm using the previous example. All of a sudden, by making that change, <laughs> that was a nice interruption. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like, what kind of pastor is that? <laughs> he needs to submit to God. Hallelujah. Point is, God's good, and he wants to give you good stuff. He wants to make your life stinking awesome. And that happens when we're submitted to him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's do this. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. And, and I, want, I, want to, I want to at least give the opportunity and I'm not going to make you raise your hand, so don't get scared. I want to give you the opportunity to make changes right now. To the areas where you, maybe there was something in your life the whole time I'm talking to you about uh, things that aren't submitted fully to the Lord, things that aren't completely in line with his will. Maybe you recognize, man, there's, there's that change. And it's not, it's not like I need to try harder. That's not the change you need to do. The change is I need to just submit it to God. I need to submit this to God, which means I need to give him access and I'm gonna line up with the way he thinks. I'm gonna line up with the way he wants to do it. And then all of a sudden, watch, it's gonna, it's, he's gonna have the ability to change it around, amen? Amen. So I just wanna do this while, our, while, we're, while we're standing up. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And just like that, that uh, woman that was, that was in that room where the presence of God filled, I encourage you, just, you don't need me to do this on your own. Cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I did it that way. I'm sorry I resisted you. Father, thank you that you are forgiving, God, that you're merciful to me. Father, I submit that to you. I submit it to you. Father, not my will be done in that situation. Not my will be done right there, but Father, your will be done. I give you the ability to, to dictate what I do in this situation. Whatever you want me to do, that's what my heart to do now. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I serve you. I don't serve any other master. You're my master. I submit my life to you. You bought me with such a great price. I don't belong to me anymore. I belong to you. You're my master. You're the Lord. And Father God, I want your will being done in my life. Just as Jesus prayed.
as it is in heaven, your will be done on this earth. As it is in heaven, let your will be done in this situation. In this area where I've maybe messed up, I've maybe resisted you, I've maybe done things contrary to what you've told me to do. I submit it to you now. Father God, I change. My heart changes, my heart softens to your plan. It softens to your will. Your voice is is now highest esteemed in this situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for changes happening now. Thank you, Father God, for your grace, your grace, your ability, your ability to make things completely restored, to make changes, your ability to strengthen marriages, your ability to to cause sickness and disease to immediately dry up in bodies, your ability to, to make things back to the way they were supposed to be. Father God, even better than the way that they used to be, you make them better now. I thank you, Father God, that you're a restorer and everything you do is perfect. Your ways are perfect. Your ways are perfect. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for your will being done, for your plan being done. No, no, the enemy, he doesn't get any say anymore. The devil, he gets cut off. His plans come to nothing now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. The enemy's plans come to nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even your favor, your favor in things, maybe in legal areas. Your favor now in legal areas where people were, people were concerned about the outcomes. Now they're submitted. Now they're submitted. And Lord, your favor is upon them. Your favor is upon them. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Worship you. Worship you. Your peace. Your peace now floods, floods us where those situations brought anxiety. Now it's the peace of God that floods us there. Those situations come to mind. Your peace overwhelms us. Your peace in our hearts overwhelms us, not anxiety and worry and, <laughs> and bitterness. No, but your love, your peace, the fruit of the Spirit now where the enemy once was, where his plans once were being done. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Father God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hear the Lord say, it's a new day today. Today's a new day. Today's a new day. From this day forward, from this day forward, follow after me, set your hearts on me. And now you will see, now you will see those things that you've dreamed of, those desires in your heart that you've been going about your own way to fulfill, now I will fulfill. Now I will be the one who brings those things to pass, not because 
you figured it out, but because you allowed me to figure it out, because you submitted your way to my way, my way is gonna bring you the promises that your heart desires. My way is going to bring you the life that you really want. Not the life that you think you want, but the life that you really want. Yes, it's a life that's full of me. It's a life that's full of my peace, full of my joy, full of my ability working in you to cause my kingdom to come to pass in your life, to cause my kingdom to expand on the earth. Yeah, effectiveness. You will become more effective than you've ever been. Not doing it the way you thought, but doing it the way you've submitted to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. More understanding. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> the Lord's saying... And, you, and you'll see, you'll see. You, the darkness will be exposed now. When your heart is dedicated to my plan, when your heart is dedicated to doing the will that I've uh, shown you, you'll see the traps that the enemy puts in front of you. They won't just be, oh man, I fell into it. Oh, I fell into it again. No, you'll see it before it even comes. You'll know it for what it is. You'll recognize darkness for darkness. Yes, when you begin to walk in the light, when you begin to have your heart submitted, you'll see those things. You'll see those traps. You'll see where it's the enemy. You'll see where you need to take authority over it. You'll see when you're maybe, maybe missing it on just a slight thing and now you just, you'll correct it. But have a heart that's easily moved. Have a heart that's easily moved to, toward me. Not easily moved toward the world. Not easily swayed by every wind of doctrine. No, but a heart that's easily moved by the whisper of my spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Worship you. Worship you. Worship you. Hallelujah. Someone dealing from, a, from a, like a headache, it's being healed right now in Jesus' name. Go, completely gone right now. Headache, be gone. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Felt like your head was in a vice. The vice just left. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you need to just take an extra step and just give the devil a smack on his way out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Get off. Get off now. Get off of them now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands up and begin to praise him and worship him. For he's so good. 